Hey everyone. So today I want to talk about this idea of the shifting, what I call the shifting of primary. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about dating after divorce. And I'm talking about it from all angles. I actually want to talk about this from three different perspectives today. I want to talk about this from the perspective of being the new person, from the perspective of being the, you know, the one who's in the relationship with the new person, right? And then also being the ex who's still in it, because there's this sort of triangle that happens, right? Um, I get a lot of uh, emails and questions about this. Um, my dear friend Andrea Owen over at Your Kick-Ass Life had me come in as a guest to talk about this in one of her uh, paid programs because um, because this is what she knows that I'm the expert in this. So um, and then I've had this question a few more times, so I just thought I should I should record a podcast on it. So um, I wrote a blog post about it as well, and it was from the perspective. So let me give it to you from from the perspective of the ex-wife whose um, husband, ex-husband, kind of gets remarried. Well, does get remarried. He did. <laughs> he didn't kind of. He did. Um and so here's what happened for us, right? My ex and I had this horrible, volatile marriage. As If you've listened to my podcast before, you've heard me talk about really, 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 really volatile marriage. And then when we got divorced, we were like, oh, phew, we can do this. Like we can be friends and we can co-parent. And thank God the pressure of that other shit is now off of us, right? And so we set about to have the best divorce ever. And we were pretty successful at that for a while. Um, then things went south. Then they got better again. Um, we now still, we still now have a fantastic um, co-parenting relationship. Um, and, but here's the thing: for the in the beginning, we were best friends. Uh, it didn't matter who he was dating or who I was dating. If he got theater tickets to something that he knew that I loved, he would take me. Uh, we would go out to dinner together. Um, if there was a restaurant that was opening that we'd been looking forward to, to going to, we would go together. And at the time, you know, I was like, I, and then I would also, I would make friends with his girlfriends, right? I would invite them into the fold. It was very much like my ex and I were the family and now you can come in and join the family. And it was, on my part, it was very controlling. It was, I always say, I was pissing on my territory. And my ex was my territory. And as long as I could be first wife, as long as I could continue to occupy the role, um, the many roles of being his wife, but no longer actually be the wife, right? But I was first wife. And as long as I could continue to occupy that role, anyone could come in. Um, and I wouldn't have to feel threatened until he met the Mary, the woman that he ended up marrying. And she was kind of having none of it. And I got to say, she had some really strong boundaries around it. Uh, and she kind of put her foot down in a few areas that at the time really fucking pissed me off. But in hindsight, and, and you know, she didn't do it in the most, uh, you know, it, it got really messy there for a while. Um, but at the end of the day, what she was doing was saying, hell no, um, this is my man now. I am his primary. 
Um, I am the woman that should come first. I should be his first call uh, when something good or bad happens. And she demanded that of him, and she was right. Uh, and it was hard for me. Holy shit, it was so hard for me. Uh, I, uh, I didn't handle it well, and things got things got really messy for a while for other reasons. But, um, but it was really hard for me to move over to relinquish my spot as first wife, and, um. So and I and I and I also want to look at it from the perspective of um, the new girlfriend, right? Because I've been in that position too, where I was dating someone for a long time uh, who had a fantastic relationship with his ex, fantastic. And I was like, and for me, that is a sign of someone that I want to date. I want to be with someone who has a great relationship with their ex because I for a I don't want the drama, b like look who I am, look what I do. <laughs> like, I obviously, um, you know, that matters to me. And, but what started to happen in that relationship was that she was his first call. If something good or bad happened, he called her. If something good or bad happened in her life, he was her first call. And she had a boyfriend. And eventually I had to sit him down and say, so, so listen, I feel like there's not really a space carved out for me right? There's not a place for me to land. There are all these roles that are already occupied by your ex-wife. And so I'm here and I don't really know what my place is. And I don't know how our relationship progresses if I'm not your first call. Um, anything that's co-parenting, like that is 100% appropriate. That, that stays with the ex-wife. Obviously, it's your kid, right? But all the other stuff, the emotional stuff, the, you know, anyway. Um, and we did work through that. And it was, it was, um, it was hard, but it was hard. It was hard on him and it was hard on his ex-wife. Fortunately, they're both the kinds of people that when he went to her with this, she was like, oh shit, you're right. And then she went to her boyfriend and he was like, yeah. <laughs> so it all kind of worked out. That relationship didn't work out, unfortunately. But that aspect really really worked out because we were all able to have the conversations and not be triggered by them or not get pissed off or not be threatened, right? But here's what I hear a lot. Um, I hear a lot from... Uh, the position of the new, right, the new, the new girlfriend, I have, I, I hear a lot from people, from clients that, um, or, or, or friends or other, other people who are dating someone who has a fantastic relationship with their ex-wife and they're really, um, insecure about it, right? There's just a lot, there's a, there's a, especially if, and this is, I think this is important. I think if you are, this is part of the part of the reason that for me, it's easier to date people who are divorced with children. There's a lot more complicated, uh, there's a lot more complicated logistics to it. There's all of this, but you're, but when I date someone who has not been divorced with a kid, um, there's a learning curve, right? And I think that, I think that the women that, that I talked to about this, um, who have the the most trouble with it are ones that have not been divorced yet um, and don't have kids, which is totally fine, right? Um, 
it just it's a it's a harder learning curve because it is hard to understand the relationship that exes can have right we strive for this we strive to maintain the unity of family we tell our children we are still a family and then we this other person comes in and they're like why are you still a family with your ex like then why are you divorced right and it can very much look like and feel like um that there's still something there and i want to assure women in that position or men in that position for that matter that there's probably really not like you don't get divorced lightly despite <laughs> an earlier podcast episode in which my friend sandy talked about how having married and divorced the same man twice um, you don't, you tend not to go back to the person that you got divorced from. Like, it takes a lot to get divorced. Uh, it takes a lot to come to the, to the decision that you have to, uh, that you want that, right? So, uh, and then you work like hell to maintain as much of the relationship as possible that will uh, give your children a container that feels safe, right? And then in comes this new person, and now everybody has to shift, right? And here's the thing, there's no right and wrong in this. It is messy, it is complicated, there is no formula for how to move through this, um, and it kinda, it has to get moved through, right? Because eventually what will happen is the new person will probably bail because there's no room for them. Um, and if it's not done carefully with a lot of communication on all sides, uh, it, it can damage all of the relationships, right? So here's what I recommend, right? First, first and foremost, I recommend conversation, like constant communication about this. And, you know, and I recommend as the ex-wife, Right, to have some compassion that if there's a new person that matters to your uh, ex-husband, or as uh, either way, right? If you're the ex-husband and and you, who, if your ex-spouse starts dating someone that they're really serious about, start having conversations now about what that means and what that needs to look like. Have some compassion for the new person coming in, uh, and where you might need to make emotional space right? What roles are you occupying that you might have to vacate right now for the health and safety of this new, to, to preserve the, the new relationship, to allow it to foster, to, to allow it to grow, right? Because you as the ex can help fertilize that soil for those roots to get planted really deeply. And some of that is by stepping aside, so the best way to do that is to step aside and say to your ex, hey, listen, you've got this new thing going on. I I'm really happy for you, right? Even though you may be totally panicking and, and it may not feel good. Trust me, I know. Um, but you do want to make that space. And if, you're, if you are dating someone who is feeling uncomfortable if you're in the position of being the, the person who's dating someone who's starting to feel uncomfortable about your relationship with your ex, open up your heart for some compassion there. That's a very difficult position to be in because you and your ex have had a relationship for a really long time, 
right? I know that when my uh, ex's wife came into the picture, my ex and I had been in relationship with each other for about 15 years. Five of them had been divorced, but 15 years of being together and she was new. And I think she felt some jealousy about that, that I had all this history, right? And the most loving and kind thing I could do was step aside and let her have center stage. And I did not do that uh, early enough. I didn't do it gracefully enough. Um, And so let my mistake (laughs) be your lesson. Um, Because, uh, and, and, and here, but here's the thing. We, there's an intimacy that my ex and I had that was threatening. And I think that sometimes we have this fantasy that like, oh my God, the new person will just come in and join the family. And that's just false. It's a, it's a fantasy. It doesn't work that way. Um, you are no longer the container for someone else to come in. It's, and this is when I call it shifting of primary. Um, the, the new person at a certain point has to become the primary person. At a certain point, the new person has to become the person. The new person has to become the first call when things are great, when things are bad, right? They have to become the best friend. And if your ex is still your best friend, you don't have, you don't allow space for someone new to, to come in and, in and occupy that role. And so if you're dating someone and they say to you, I'm uncomfortable about the about how close you are with your ex, um, hear that. Uh, they may be insecure, sure. It may be rubbing up against a lot of their pain points, sure. They may be getting triggered, sure. But here's the deal. They're saying something important to you. And it's not just a matter of, oh, let's dismiss that because soon everything will be great and we'll all be one happy family. Um, what they're really saying to you is, there's no room for me. Um, I don't know where I fit in. And that's a really sad and lonely place to be in a new relationship, to not know where you belong. So if you are on the receiving end of this kind of communication from someone new in your life, um, hear them. Examine your relationship with your ex and see how it might need to shift, right? And this is not an immediate thing. This is not like in the first two months, three months, but like six, eight months, a year. That person should be your primary. If this relationship has legs and you think it's going somewhere, you've got to make room for them. Everyone has to make room for them. And uh, if you're the person who is coming in and feeling threatened, um, know that you're in a really hard position. You're competing, and this is what it feels like, right? It feels like competition, but you are competing with a well-established, incredibly intimate relationship. This is, this is These are people who have been married, they've had children together, they've gotten divorced, they're now on the other side of it, and they've fucking won the lottery to be able to be as close as they are. And the, it, so the idea that you feel uh, insecure and competitive is completely normal, completely normal. Um, so I, what I'm asking for from each side, I'm asking for empathy. I'm asking for each person in this relationship dynamic, in this trio, 
to have empathy for how hard it is for the other one or two. And then to see how you might be able how you might be able to communicate effectively to make space to allow the new relationship to grow without letting go of some vital aspects of uh, the ex and co-parenting dynamic, right? It's a tricky balance. It is not easy. Um, I highly recommend working with a coach uh, to work through this. Um, if you are in the in the, the, the you know the two people in the new relationship, um, to go see a therapist or hire a coach to work through this transition. Um, this is a transition. All transitions require attention. No matter how happy they are, no matter how joyous, every transition has a has something that you're leaving behind. Has something that there is to grieve. And when we bypass that process, uh, it kind of follows us a little bit, right? It, it uh, even if it's starting a new job that you totally wanted to, totally wanted, or finding the new relationship that makes you so happy, there is, if you really want to have found someone new and you're excited and all of that, there's still something to grieve in another phase of letting go of your ex. Um, and I would assert that in many cases, the closeness of two exes uh, the, 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 that have maintained a friendship that's like a best friendship, I think sometimes we do that because it's easier than having to grieve another layer of loss. Because divorce goes on forever. It's, a, it's an active, living, breathing experience where you are constantly unfolding another layer of letting go. Uh, after 10 years of divorce, I still, to this day, have waves of grief that overtake me, that, o- that overcome me in moments where I realize that we've had yet another layer of letting go. Um, it's, I, I could go on and on and on about the complexities of the layers of letting go after divorce because of the nature of the fact that you have children together and you have to maintain, if at all possible, um, a co-parenting dynamic, right? And and how confusing that can be and how, how much that sort of elongates the process of letting go. Um, so I hope, I hope that I've managed to make that clear. There are three people in this dynamic and all three of them should be aware uh, and receptive to the communication and willing to shift dynamics in order to allow space for the new relationship to grow. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You can find me over at kateanthony.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.